Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Is it February 7th or is it March 7th? It's March 7th. <laughs> I was like, please don't make me go through this again. I can't. It was hard enough finishing February and now you're telling me we're, we're back. back in the first week, no less, not even late February. We've Groundhog Day to the month. We're I, just going back again. This sucks. I, like, I stay home for one podcast and all of a sudden it's a month ago. <laughs> what just happened? But speaking of that, remember how a week ago it was Snowmageddon? Yeah. And now it's not. And I know weather's the most boring thing to talk about, but I'm fascinated by how there was seven feet of snowbanks and now I'm walking around outside without a coat on and it's okay. And there was still today, much like a week ago, there was multiple buses that weren't the real bus. They were like training buses. And so... Uh, Trick buses. Yeah, which is the worst, cause especially when you're like almost two minutes before the real bus. And then there was two in a row and then the real bus. And so you're getting your stuff on and you think you're all ready. And then you're like, no. And it's literally across the street. So you're just kicking yourself. But I was like, okay, I'm pretty certain that that said training. And then <laughs> so I see another one coming. It's like, better run across. And then that one also said training. So I was like, all right, well, I guess it's fine. I'm here. Not a big deal. And then I see the real bus. And I'm like, all right, well, thank God that turned out. Because I, I, had I missed... I don't know, man. Just, they should put up signs that just say, grab bag. Yeah. Surprise. It's pretty much, you know, I, I've thought about that too. I don't think I'll ever do this, but if you had a day off or whatever and you just like jumped on buses, yeah. you know, just went around and visited the city. It might end poorly, I suppose, but I always thought that might be fun. When I was a kid, I don't know if it's the same now, but buses were free if you were under 10 years old or whatever. Seems right. And my mom, being an ambitious young single mother, often on a Saturday or Sunday, we would do just that. Hop on a bus and be, we're going to the mall or this museum is free or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, the simplicity of life of when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, bus day. <laughs> and when you're a grown up, you're not like, oh, I got to go on a bus all day long. I thought you were going to say she put you on the bus with like a little <laughs> accordion and you were just out there raising money. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if they would pay you to not play the accordion. That might be your best bet. No, she just put me on a bus and be like, okay, see you in a couple hours. Yeah, have fun. If you get to an arcade, then you can <laughs> go to the arcade. But if not, you're, you're going to be wherever you are. So I have to comment on last week. Just because I think it's funny that sometimes you get in the flow of conversation and you really do forget you're trying to keep up some semblance of radio host. Mm -hmm. And we chatted for a very long time, a good eight minutes or more. Which is a lot of the podcast time. Yeah, a third of the <laughs> podcast. About Infinity Pool without ever saying the words infinity or pool. I don't think we thought we'd talk that long. Yeah. Like, I think listening back to it, I think we just thought we were going to talk for like 45 seconds. About exactly. It. And, yeah. But then it ended up being like eight or nine minutes. I was editing it. I'm like, oh, we're still going. And then I thought, Damn. maybe it'll be a surprise at the end where one of us says infinity pool. And for anyone listening... There was a lot of context clues because we said Mia Goth, yeah. we said the plot, you we said, said Lil Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Yeah. yeah, but I just thought it was funny if anyone at home was yelling at us and being like, "What movie are you talking about?" Yeah, Lil Cronenberg would be his rap side project. I feel like yeah. if that was a thing. But yeah, that, I even remember in the moment. Eventually, you you mentioned his name. And then so I thought, even in, in my head, I, I guess I thought maybe we should or would say it. But then I was like, ah, we'll just stop because we're not playing anymore by that point. So like, we'll stop talking soon enough. Well, I'll do the same thing where you assume somebody listening has listened to a bunch of other episodes. But it's almost like the famous Stan Lee quote about comic books where every comic book is someone's first comic book. So you got to put in some exposition. Mm -hmm. You got to put in some hints. So maybe every podcast is someone's first podcast. But we'll just say... Lee without saying head programmer and Star Wars nerd 
Lee. Your hit director. Hit director. <laughs> award-winning director. Yeah. So I apologize. We try our best to be professional, but, you know, we're not. Yeah, same with cinema when we talk about Saturday Night oh, Cinema. All That's the time. our worst one. When yeah. No one would have any idea what it was. We should say the free-for-members, members-only secret movie. What's the worst is there's a real right-wing politician in the States, the kind of right-winger who makes normal right-wingers go, I'm not that bad. Yeah. And her name is Cinema. So when we talk about cinema, the bots on iTunes or SoundCloud, when they put a little thing at the bottom where it goes, they talked about Rocky Horror and The Room and movies. Yeah. It'll put her in there. But it's not even... That doesn't even make sense. First of all, her name is S-Y. Yeah. But second of all, <laughs> wouldn't they think a movie theater podcast saying the word cinema meant with a C? I know. But <laughs> I guess she is so either popular or Googled, she gets in there first. And so you see this picture of her, and I'm like, we didn't talk about her, but now we are talking oh about her. Well, so, I think notorious is the word you're looking for there. She's oh, yes. So notorious, <laughs> yeah. But we're not... I mean, okay, apart from right now, we're yes. not talking about her. This is the part in the... Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury sci-fi story where we confuse the robot by doubling down on something and then the smoke starts going out of their ears. Are they talking about cinema or Man, cinema? It's too confusing. I can't keep up with any of these <laughs> things. I don't even know what we're talking about half the time. So <laughs> no. it's, it's hard enough for anybody listening. And I'll mention, uh, I was chatting with Lee the other day and he said, oh, I wish I was on the podcast, but I can't make it the next couple of weeks. Or um, ever. Or ever. <laughs> The aforementioned Lee. Lee, head programmer head and programmer. Head director Lee DeMarv for the so, Mayfair Theater. Anyone listening might think they see a lot of movies. Lee sees more movies than you. Yeah. We think we see a lot of movies. But Lee goes to every movie here. He goes to the Bytown all the time. He even goes to the notorious multiplexes all the time and watches a movie at home once a day. So he said he was... I wonder what he was going to see. He was at the multiplex. Cocaine Bear, probably. Oh, probably. <laughs> That's very Lee. And so he said he was asking about advanced tickets for Creed 3. So it was it was sometimes before Friday, because I sure. think Creed 3 just came out. So the staff member was in front of him, and he said, no kidding, there was a Creed 3 standee and a Creed 3 poster over the shoulder of this employee. And the employee said, which movie? And he said, Creed 3. And the employee said, oh, I don't know. Is that coming out soon? And Lee said, are you messing with me? That one right there. <laughs> and they were like, oh, I'm not familiar with that one. And he said it was just a who's on first. It's of... the number one movie in the world right now. To be fair, this was before it was the number one movie because I believe it was last Thursday he was asking about it. But still. But nonetheless, it was a movie that was advertised heavily right over the shoulder of this person. Lee said he got so frustrated and they didn't know how to help. And then they wanted to call in a manager. And it, we said it was just, <laughs> it was comical. And so I'm not saying this to be extra disparaging about multiplexes, but I will just say if you walk into the Mayfair and there is a poster for everything everywhere outside and you ask about everything everywhere, we will know what that movie is. If you ask about Creed 3, we'll know what that movie is. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like not to besmirch a perhaps younger, I mean, almost certainly younger than me anyways, but it's the eighth movie in a hit <laughs> franchise or the third movie in a hit franchise. Either way, you want to look at it, Oscar winning everything. Like I'm like, how can you not be familiar with Creed blank? I bet you if Lee had said, it's the new Rocky spinoff movie, they would have said, what's a Rocky? I was going to say, like, I, that's not going to help anyone. But if you said Kang is in it, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, the punchy movie with Kang, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, oh, God. And apparently Kang is quite good in the movie. Anyways. Yeah, don't tell me. I'm hoping. I don't know anything. To go it. see it tomorrow. What? You don't see stuff that fast? No, but I really want to see it. I never. I go to the multiplex three times a year to see a Marvel movie, and in the before times to see a Star Wars movie. But yeah. Star Wars is a TV show now, which I'm fine with, and eventually we'll be back to being movies. But right. yeah, and it helps that. We do have a multiplex nearby that I can use my visa points on so I don't feel like I'm supporting the competition. I feel like you meant that you're going to see Ant-Man, not that you meant you're oh, going to see Creed 3. That is. Is that what I said? Y- well, yes, I yes, mean, yes, yes. to be fair, I was referring to Guy in Creed 3 as Kang, even though he is not playing Kang in that correct, movie. Correct. However, he has two movies, two hit movies two playing hit right movies. now. That's why I was like, you're going to see Creed 3 tomorrow? Like, that seems fast for you for a Creed 3 type yeah, movie. Yeah, I will hold out because I know we will... <laughs> screen creed 3 yeah because sure. we screened creed and creed 2 and rocky 1 to v yeah did we do a rocky fest back in the day i believe so yes. yeah i didn't see them but i i, I think know. it was like maybe like a decade ago back when we could still do festivals and people would come and i think we did god we, did we do everything Man. like six of them it seems like i mean oh yeah there is six yeah, because there's Rocky V and then just Rocky. Oh, yeah, so this is the ninth one, actually. Yeah. Jeez, I always forget that there was one after Rocky V, even though he was on a run there doing the, you know, legacy sequels. Legacy this sequels. must be right up there because this is all canon. Like, and when was Rocky? 70... Oh, 78, I think. 78? Yeah. God, yeah, that, this must be right up there with... Yeah, right up there with Star Wars of, of being something. And I guess Star Trek, because Star Trek started in 66 and then jumped to movies... And now is back to TV, but has a canon that has been going for that long. Yeah, so many TV shows, too. Like, that's... Oh, uh, yeah. Like, uh, Emily really likes the... Like, even the kids one... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it's called. Anyway, there's some Star Trek animated show that's... Prodigy. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So... It is very good. She likes that. And, I mean, Picard, she's hit and miss on. She loves, you know... Well, everyone loves Patrick Stewart. I mean, how do you yeah. not love him? But, but no, she really loves... I don't know, Discovery? Is that the one? the newest discovery's one? the one that kind of brought it all back it's, it's no, on wait. right now still yeah okay I get, I can't I, keep i'm saying them. something that might have nerds yelling at me <laughs> there's so many star trek imp- what i find funny is like for that franchise in particular there seems to be so many of the shows are like well now this one is set blank years ahead of the enterprise or no this one is yeah. the enterprise but way before the thing you know and it's all like even they say that about star wars a lot but even more so with star trek okay you really got to know the timeline and the ships and the people because you're like oh here's young spock or is it you know like yeah and he's not that young spock from those movies <laughs> movies you saw <laughs> no oh yeah that too you know so it's just too much yeah i'm curious what they're gonna do post picard because yeah i like the it sounds weird to say but what you would consider present day star trek mm-hmm. is maybe picard right i think so yeah i don't know and if they're gonna go back to doing movies remember when they were like quentin tarantino's gonna write a star trek movie yeah and i, I don't and he still says he might do it, but like, let's be honest, that's not that happening. Seems crazy. He's never going to do it. And he's still claiming that his next movie will be his last, which I don't fully believe. I believe that about as much as I believe when Jay-Z retired yeah. and Steven Sonnenberg said he was retiring and then he's done three movies a year since then. Yeah, Michael Jordan retired a couple times. And he came back to do Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he played for Washington and no one remembers that. But, you know, so... I don't think it's going to happen, but that, you know, that'll be, it'd be fun. I think it's just, it really comes down to that Paramount's not going to want to do an R-rated Star Trek in yeah. that way. I don't, they should, honestly, with a, maybe it should be like a straight to streaming movie where he can do I whatever. I just imagine it being like a Saturday Night Live sketch where it's a Star Trek movie with lots of swearing and retro music and it's three hours long. Like it's just, yeah. it's just a parody of what, like a Mad Magazine parody of what a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie would be so many alien feet 
Yeah. Like, I can't. <laughs> so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, great movie. Saw it here. Super fun movie. And there's a scene where Margot Robbie is going to see her own movie at a cinema. And it's that weird meta thing where it's the real movie. Yeah. And she's watching herself, but it's the actress. All that weird stuff. Cinema with a C, by the way. Cinema with a C. (laughs) And she takes off her shoes and puts her feet up on the seats in front of her. As you do. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) is this Quentin Tarantino winking and nodding and going, "Ah, I'm making fun of myself now? Or is he really doing that? It's I almost you want to say it's both. Yeah, I think it's just him doing it because he wants to, but it's him pretending he's doing it to make fun of himself while still being able to actually do it. Yeah, see that I respect a little bit, but if it is him <laughs> still with horse blinders on, yeah, just doing it, and yeah, that's weird. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is what it is. I mean, I guess that's just I don't know. And if I was Margot Robbie, I'd be like, uh. Really, Quentin? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> especially at this point with the amount of clout that she has. I mean, yeah. but I don't know. But he's him still, so I don't know. He hasn't really failed in some time. So I just finished listening to like two days ago, cinema speculation. Oh, which, listening, even. Yeah. Oh, with thanks to the Ottawa Public Library, I'm addicted to that app where you can download audiobooks. Canopy or uh, no? Wait, is that the weed place? That might be. Canopy <laughs> is their movies. Is it? This oh no, so that is real. Yeah, because I think there's also a canopy like marijuana. Place. Oh, <laughs> I'm I don't like, know. So confusing. Well, sometimes you go to one and then the other. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's so <laughs> relaxing. So he he read the intro and the outro, and then a professional book reader read the eight hours of it. Like anyone in, in that we know. No, just... they did, they didn't get. They could have got like you know Tim Roth or Timothy Oliphant or somebody. Yeah. But but it was a very good reader. Where he had the mannerisms down. Like he was playing Quentin Tarantino without oh. playing him. You know. So but okay, yeah, no, and it's all the same voice. Like it's not. Yeah. Okay. But it's a very interesting book. Really, it's just him telling stories of watching 1970s movies when he was a kid. But he has that nerd blanket statement of, and then the 80s were crap. And I was like, well, yeah, sure, Quentin. The 80s brought us some breakdancing movies and Police Academy. But the 80s also brought us Raging Bull and Blade Runner and Dark Crystal and Secret of Nim, etc. Friday 13th. Yeah, there was a lot of good movies in the 80s. So I recommend it, especially if you're a movie nerd, of course. If you're not a movie nerd, I don't think you'd like it. He's really mean. He doesn't pull punches where he's like, oh, this movie was bad and this filmmaker's washed up and very uncritical of himself. He's not humble in a way of like, oh, that could have been better. I wish I would have changed that. But the whole book felt like if you would have been trying to rent Cannonball Run 2 from his video store back in 1987, whenever he worked at a video store, this would be that. This would be him cornering you and being like, no, you don't want to rent that. You want to rent this movie. And then he would tell you the life story of Deliverance. Yeah. And you'd be like, I just want to rent Cannonball Run 2, Quentin. Yeah. And it's it's funny, like the amount of, could you imagine like the amount of people like that who would release oh, yeah. almost that exact same book if they were anybody like not to be exactly, in the same sense exactly. that you and I are nobody. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's funny the clout he now has that you can put out a book like this and you're going to do well. You're going to sell it. But it, it's really just a guy on a soapbox going off. Like. 100%. And he is Jack Black in High Fidelity. Oh, yeah. The guy who is harmless, but you try to buy the... ABBA album and he gets mad at you and forces some other album on you that or he starts out as Cusack and becomes Jack Black yeah he's basically the three guys in High Fidelity put together (laughs) with with like an emphasis on the Jack Blackiness I suppose but yeah very interesting but 
I couldn't listen to Quentin's podcast because it was just that. I was like, uh, I'm out. Yeah, I know, that's yeah. It's funny. Like, I he's very good, but yeah, I couldn't. I just, I don't know. I don't have, have interest in that. And maybe it's because like I have an element of that myself where I could. I mean, geez. I could corner someone and go on for three hours about, I don't know, Leprechaun 6 or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Not actually that one. That was terrible. But but yeah, it's a time and place thing. It is cool to see someone with that much knowledge and geekiness, you know, succeed and do well and all that. And I will say, you know, like, I mean, it is nice. Someone like him and even like an Eli Roth, more than being a good filmmaker, Eli Roth is good at passing along recommendations and knowledge on that genre, like horror in particular, but, you know, sci-fi and stuff like that too, where I'm like, I'm not a big, the biggest fan of Eli Eli Roth's work, but you could tell he knows his stuff. You know, I haven't really watched his show, The History of Horror and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Mostly because like that's been my whole life. So I don't, I sound like a, a real smug jerk, but just like, I'm like, I love that people that aren't me are able to learn and glean from these people who are just like honoring stuff that's slipping through the cracks otherwise. Yeah, I'm definitely more of very much of the DNA of a Quentin, but more of an Edgar Wright. Mm -hmm. Where I like Edgar where... He just had, like, we tease ourselves about We Be Bad Critics, where Edgar just has a love of movies. And you see he'll put on lists of movies that were forgotten. And they're not all, like, highbrow stuff. They're mainstream stuff, and they're pop culture stuff, and they're highbrow stuff. And he just, he has a love of movies. And you see that with Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and those kind of movies. It's similar to Quentin, where it has a referential thing. Mm -hmm. But the biggest line in the sand I always notice is other filmmakers might be humble and make fun of themselves... Quentin, when you see Quentin in a photo shoot with Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time, there's one I really have in my head where it was like a fancy car and it was Leo and Brad Pitt and Quentin. Quentin looks like he really loves being there <laughs> and he really loves being a celebrity and he really loves being up on a pedestal. And that's a rarity because most filmmakers, even your Spielbergs, are kind of don't like being on talk shows, like being behind the camera, where Quentin, as we all have seen, he likes being an actor. I didn't mean to start this out as Quentin bashing, but <laughs> but like I love Django Unchained. The only part I don't like in that movie is when he shows up in it. Yeah, it's awkward. And I know that was a last minute thing where I think Tim Roth was supposed to do that and he couldn't make it or something. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, there's might, might as well be an arrow pointing at him going, I'm the director. Yeah. He's so good in Planet Terror, though. Like that little cameo he has as oh, the yeah. jerk soldier. Like yeah. he's good in stuff like that where you're just like, okay, this works for the type of movie and the amount of screen time and all that, you know. But yeah, for other stuff, you're just sort of like, oh, man, this is uh, this is a lot. Yeah. And you see his old clip when he was an Elvis impersonator on the Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, God. What a weird life <laughs> he's had. I mean, very happy and successful, but man, what a, what a weird line that was. And I think maybe he'll, I don't know, I can't see him stopping because he just likes being busy, it seems, right? Right now, he's had two books out recently. I don't know. Does he have any hint of what his next movie is? I mean, apart from stuff, just there's been ones that he's all talking. He's talked about Kill Bill 3 all the time. Oh, he's yeah. talked about Star Trek. He's talked about, there's at least, God, six or seven that he he's talked about mentioned. doing the TV series of the Western yeah, 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 Bounty from, Law. I would love that. I think that'd yeah. be fun. I mean, I almost think that would be a good palate cleanser for him too because it's not a full movie. You know, you could just yeah. do a couple of those. But at the same time, like convincing Leo to do that, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, I mean, if I was Leo, I would want to do that. Like it's such a different change of pace. Fun. It's nothing like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood even, yeah. you know, apart from a couple scenes. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That'll be the nice surprise. He should do a horror movie next, but uh, we'll know. Yeah. So let us chat about the movies coming up the week of Friday, March 10th, not February. No, no, this time we've made it. 
So our Ottawa premiere this week is called Unwelcome. All right. It's an Irish fun horror film, kind of Gremlins-esque. One review, what did it say? It's Gremlins meets... No, it said it's Straw Dogs meets Fraggle Rock. I'm in. I mean, that's it sounds looks weird. Fun. Like, I saw the trailer. It's, yeah, I think it's Gremlins-esque. It's Critters-esque. And it's a young couple moves into their dream house. And they have weird neighbors who tell them, don't forget to put out offerings. And if you forget to put out offerings, you get attacked by evil trolls. And that's the movie. Yeah, and it's so funny because, like, it's hard to tell hearing about this movie and seeing the synopsis and stuff. I'm just like, it's hard to tell what the tone would be. Because it, it yeah. sounds like it could just be, it could be like a trauma movie, but also it could, I guess it could be played straight. I don't know. It's just hard to imagine. I think on a sliding scale, it's played straight, but then there's monsters in it. Yeah. And Colomini's in it from Star Trek and oh. Commitments and all those other good movies. Yeah. Like, I really don't know what to, I hadn't heard of this till we, I think I saw the trailer here. Or we were talking about it here and then I've seen people talking about it and stuff, but it's yeah. like an odd movie, like all told, like for the type of thing that would just come out of nowhere and be playing, you're like, <laughs> but it looks fun. So then we have Living back for a fourth oh, week. It never dies. It lives. Yeah, it lives on. So by the time our next podcast rolls around, we will know if it has won an Oscar or not. That's true. We're also bringing back, I had to do a bit of research on this. It's our sixth week, but there was a long gap in between bringing back everything everywhere all at once. Man. This is, they're calling it the extended cut. Oh, I was wondering if we get this. But I got clarification from the filmmakers, they tweeted about it and said, just to be clear, this has an introduction and in a tribute to Jackie Chan, Michelle Yeoh type movies, it has a blooper reel at the end, mm -hmm. but it's the same movie. So it's a bit of extra content, but it is the same movie that has been nominated for 1 million Academy Awards. Hmm. And I love this movie. It's the movie that I would like to win everything. I don't know if it will. It's a good year. Banshees yeah. and Tar, all kinds of other good movies up against it. But it's gonna win something. It'll win something for sure. Yeah, it just it just might be not what you expect, but I mean I, I don't know. Like they might do the split they often do the split where it's like best picture, director, and script are different because they want to give a little bit of something to everybody. Yeah, I really, I would hope it gets either either she wins or he wins, you know, for the acting awards. Yeah, yeah. Both would be nice, but I mean, at the very least, I don't even know which one of them I'd rather because they both really deserve it. And on the one hand, you're like, well, Michelle Yeoh has a lifetime of work and deserves to be honored. But yeah. then you're also like, well, then he was kind of just ignored entirely, more or less, for 30 years They're or whatever it was. such great stories yeah that have a meta aspect tying into the movie itself mm -hmm. and i love Kate blanchett but part of me is like you got trophies already let <laughs> michelle yo have this one yeah yeah like it's it's gonna be fascinating to see how it goes but yeah i mean i i could be totally wrong but i really don't see it getting shut out like it's just no. too there's too much going on for that movie but it seems like a very nice year i've seen a number of interviews kind of round table there was one where it was Colin Farrell and Brendan Fraser and Kihui Kwan, a bunch of actors sitting around. And I think whoever wins, there's not going to be that shot of, I think it was Sean Penn, of like angry Sean Penn in the <laughs> audience, like pretending to clap and scowling. I think whoever wins is everyone's going to be happy for them. Yeah, but that's just Sean Penn. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. like that wasn't even an award he was up for. He's just constantly <laughs> scowling. So that's our new films this week. Then we have this really weird packed week where we have... The Rocky Horror Picture Show back. All right. Hosted by the absent friend Shadowcast. The award-winning Sam Kellerman. The award-winning Sam Kellerman. Yeah. It won three awards. Yeah. Director, film, and... And best duo. Duo. Which, I, which and I'm going to say this, very hurtful to Matt Miwa, that he was left out of the best duo award. I know you can only... A duo is two, and there were three people playing that role. But yeah. I was like... 
ah, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, it's the elephant in the room that no one's talking about. They're like, they won an award. The performance won an award, but I was like, damn, there were three of them. Did they watch two-thirds of the movie That's and what go, Lee said. He's like, maybe like, they didn't finish the movie. They're like, ah, I like this. <laughs> That actually would be funny and worthwhile. But I was like, man, that's, that's an awkward award. Because what are the odds that you're going to have something come up that's one role played by three people? Like, it was like Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus and this. That's, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. So anyways, shout out to Matt Miwa. Totally also deserved that award. Yes, yes. But Sam Kellerman, hey, he's the one doing the cast, you know. Yeah. You know, that was, and also funny that they misspelled DeMarb. Oh, no. <laughs> they left the second R out of DeMarb. Initially. I hate that R. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was so funny because I'm just like, I'm not going to point this out, you know, in Gen Pop, but I'm going to message <laughs> him and, and be like, oh, they spelled your name wrong. Hopefully it's right on the trophy. Yeah, and, the, and IMDb is correct. You know, they've that's updated good. the awards and it's like his real name. But I'm just, that's one of those things where it's like, who cares? The point is that he won an award. They could spell his name with three X's and he wouldn't care. I forget what my credit is in the movie because I want to update my IMDb. I think I'm sound. I think I got a sound guy credit. I, I mean, I, we, I wasn't there the same day as you because we can't work together. So yeah. they made sure we were there <laughs> in different rider. days. Yeah, yeah. I got your green M&Ms though. So <laughs> it's all good. So then we have a rental presentation from our friends at A Company of Fools. They've, oh. been, they've been gone over COVID, but now they're back. And they're doing a sing-along of Mamma Mia. Oh boy. These always do so well for them. So if you're listening to this as we post it and you want to come see Mamma Mia on Sunday, March 12th, do check out the posting and the advanced tickets because I think they've sold out in the past and they give it their all. Like it's, there's <laughs> there's costumes and props and, and it's a sing-along. Yeah, they're and, right in your face, like screaming yeah. the lyrics right in your face. <laughs> Why are you singing? Yeah, they shoot you with super soakers. Like, <laughs> no, that part's not true. So then we have this is such a crazy week. So we, we have <laughs> you can't even we, get over it. Yeah. We have a we have an Ottawa premiere. We have Oscar nominees. We have Rocky Horror. We have Mamma Mia sing along. Then we have the 1928 The Passion of Joan of Arc. All right. With live music accompaniment from the VOC silent film harmonic. And this is that movie that made the guy waiting in line for cartoons that time tell yeah. me that it's the best movie he's ever seen, and he cried throughout. Yeah. So, although, like, don't come here and cry through it if possible. I feel like that might be distracting <laughs> for the other people. Like, really loud. Yeah. Like, just weeping. Aggressive, you know. So, I don't know. We'll see uh, if that. I mean, that guy's got to be here. So. And somebody asked online, and there was some confusion about how long this movie is. And full disclosure, I'm not sure because there was really different times. Now that I think about it, I'm assuming it's going to be the shorter version. But evidently there's a 110-minute cut and an 82-minute cut and a 100-minute cut. Whoa. So I don't know. We'll find out. But I'm leaning towards it's probably the 82-minute version. Yeah, that makes the most sense because, I mean, especially with all the setup and popcorn and everything, I mean, that's going to be your, that's an hour and a half right there. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Stuff like this is so much fun. It's really time travel, getting to see a silent film that is older than the cinema that you're seeing it in. Mm-hmm with a band playing along yeah it's a real cool feeling and especially with sitting in the mayfair with all the filigree around the screen and the stained glass windows it's it's a nice time travel great use of filigree yeah i use big words <laughs> yeah no this uh, it's gonna be fun obviously you gotta get here early because it will yes. be a lineup and it yeah, will yeah. be bonkers but yeah no these are maybe the most fun with the exception of perhaps of cartoons and cinema yeah this is top three of what we do best and then, speaking of packed houses, we're hosting our annual Academy Awards pre-show and ceremony on Sunday, March 12th. Doors and pre-show at 7, and then the ceremony starts at 8. 
It is always crazy. It is free for members, members only. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that confuses people. But all that means is you need a membership card. Yeah. And if you don't have one, you can just buy one and it's 14 bucks. So it's the same price as going to see a multiplex movie, if not cheaper. Yeah. And then you have a membership card. So even if you never come to the Mayfair and you only come back a year from now to see the Oscars again, that's still seven bucks a show. Yeah. And if you come to cartoons, you'll save... I don't know, a couple bucks or something. Yeah, everything. You'll save a couple bucks on normal movies, on Rocky Horror, on all that stuff. And it means you can come see cinema once a month or so. Free. If not twice a month sometimes. That's the thing. So your 14 bucks gets you 12 free movies. At least 12. Yeah. Maybe more because sometimes we double up. Yep, yep. So I'm going to say that maybe you'll get 16 to 20 free movies. It sounds better. I don't know if it's true. Could be. Yeah, yeah. I so don't know, Matt. Just give us the money, all right? <laughs> You're not actually paying you know, for the Oscars. It's just a side effect. So yeah, so I'm sure next week we'll chat about the Oscars. Everything's really up in the air. And it is that eternal bit of irony where I don't care about awards, but the Oscars are fun to watch. But at the end of the day, if everything everywhere wins zero awards, I'm not going to like it any less. But it's kind of good for publicity. It's kind of good to get people to come see movies at the Mayfair. But if there were no Oscars, I don't think the world would be a worse place or the movie industry would fall apart. No. I mean, we will take the uh, extra exposure for people coming to see movies that we play. But uh-huh. apart from that, and yeah. I mean, I, the vibe is fun. You know, people always it have is. a good time here for it. So. People dress up. Yeah. And we it's give always... out bad prizes. Well, no, we, <laughs> we give out great prizes. Great prizes. I uh, just I hope that you finally cave and give out wrapped VHS this year. Because, I should do that. Yeah, I mean, by the it would be like can't open it here. You got to take it home. That's half the surprise. We should do the what's the game show? Price is Right. Yeah, where they do the you can have this washer dryer set or this big screen TV or what's in the box. Oh man, the mystery box that ended well for seven. You know, so, yeah, <laughs> it's all good. I think they probably would have rather gotten a box of VHS rather than Gwyneth Paltrow's head. But what can you do? I remember being a kid and maybe pretending to be sick and hanging out at my grandparents' house. And my grandma was watching that and it was door number one, two, or three. And you just randomly picked. So no skill, like you're just randomly picking. And the person picked door number three. Door number one was a car. Door number two was a vacation. Door number three was a goat. And I always remember that it was a goat. Man. And at that point, did they give you the cash value for a goat? Are you like, I'm bringing the goat home on a plane. I'm taking the goat. I don't know. I'm just, I was reeling because I thought you meant your grandma was watching Seven while you were over no, there watching. No, and I was no. like, man, that's gutsy, but yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. You could do worse than a goat, I suppose. Yeah, I'd take the goat. But yeah, honestly, just give me the $20 or whatever. I don't <laughs> yeah. even know. I'm good without that. And Nick Cage trended and I clicked it even though i was like oh never never click a trend it's oh, always boy. bad i clicked oh info on the new ninja turtle movie i'm gonna click that i love ninja turtles oh no and all it is is racist being mad because april o'neill is black in the new animated movie i hadn't even heard i thought they were gonna be mad because seth rogan was doing it they're mad so about they, everything they but oh it's just that. it's just racist oh it's horrible we're mad about black women but also <laughs> certain white men but yeah. also like it's uh, just <laughs> i don't have and i just stopped looking but i'm like you had nothing better to do you don't have anything better to do and that's also the like what seventh or eighth ninja turtles movie like yeah it's the same thing i always say where it's just like who cares at this point no oh we're doing something different oh yeah. i want to go back to the other ooh. thing that also sucked i saw turtles in time all right i yeah. know what the nadir of that <laughs> franchise is and it's not a black woman being in it yeah but nick cage was training because and i'm sure he said it aloofly off the cuff as some tabloid reporter <laughs> said are you going to be in a marvel movie and he said Evidently, the quote is, I'm Nick Cage. I don't got to be in a Marvel movie, which I think is a great funny thing to say. Yeah. But then people are 
blowing it up of like, bah, Nick Cage hates Marvel. And I'm like, no, he said something funny to a reporter as he was walking down the street. What's weird is I was like last week or two weeks ago where someone asked him about if he was going to be in Star Wars, I think. Right. And then he was like, no, I'm a Star Trek guy. Oh, yeah. yeah and I then so that, that yeah. also was, I guess, controversial. I mean, nerd controversial, not actual controversial. But <laughs> if I was somebody at Star Trek right now, I'd be like, we have 12 shows going. Do you have time to be on one of them, please? He'd be a great captain, I feel like. He'd be a cool, weird captain or sit on him like yeah. a really cool, weird Vulcan. He could even be like a cool Borg King type guy. Like uh, all the things. I don't know. It, As you might have just learned, we think he'd be cool playing anything in Star Trek. He's all, he's still my Superman, but you know, that's a whole other thing. Have you seen that documentary? I yeah. haven't seen that documentary. Oh, it's so is good. Is that out there? Is that on Tubi? Or? It's somewhere. Yeah, I saw it somewhere. I it's, watch that. It's on Canopy, but the, not the not the weed one. The, the, <laughs> okay, good. You'll find it. Support your Ottawa Public Library. Yeah, exactly. Or your... Fill in the blank of the city you live in. Yeah. Public library. Support a thing. Look out. Find your cage wherever you find it. You know, all the good stuff. Yeah. So we're going to wrap things up for the week. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find out more information at MayfairTheater.ca and on the social medias. And we'll be back next week to talk about Oscars Aftermath. And we're going to go eat some pizza and watch a really scary movie that people shouldn't watch in the afternoon on a lovely day. Agreed. Take that. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. I'm going to be really upset if Nicolas Cage does not win the Oscar. He's not up for this weekend. I think it'd be funny if in the next week it's announced that he's in a Marvel movie, a Star Trek TV show, and a Star Wars TV show. And his feet are in the new Tarantino for some reason. (laughs) 20th Century Fox has brought you all kinds of movies. But 20th Century Fox has never before brought you anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is wonderfully weird. <laughs> it's fabulously freaky. We are ready for the floor show. The story is strange. I knew he was in with a bad crowd, but it was worse than I imagined. The songs are super. Just a sweet transvestite. The cast is completely crazy. <laughs> oh, Rocky! See the Rocky Horror Picture Show, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent.